SAFM leading the conversation. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Call Songhez or now 0891 104 207. Yay, call Songhez or now. I still have my braces, so please get used to the lisp, even though my producers are doing everything they can to keep reminding me. Very mean people, terrible people. You'll never meet anybody worse than them when it comes to this. Very bad. Worse than Joe Biden. One, Jed Saga, ANC delegation that went to Zimbabwe. Your thoughts? Hashtag SACP hitting back at ANC, specifically in Zimande hitting back at Tito Mbowene and Treasury economic reform measures. Three, level one, extension of national state of disaster to 15th October 2020. The president is due to speak this week. Your thoughts and anticipation on what he might say. Colonial statues, an ongoing conversation in democratic South Africa. The vestiges of apartheid and the monuments that depict those heroes, at least heroes of the minority before 1994. What to do with them? How to tell a story without aggrandizing an unglorified past? Steve Bigo, of course, Reverend Al Sharpton, always sharp and incisive. The 43rd anniversary of his death being marked over the weekend. Your thoughts on any of these, most welcome. 891 Babu Figeni, good evening. Thank you for welcome. Thank you for coming back, rather. It's been a while. Well, thank you very much for inviting me, Songiso, and uh, thank you to your colleagues and your listeners as well. Let's talk about, obviously, uh, Babu Bantubiko, precious reflection on his life. And, of course, coming at a time where this country in itself needs to have an honest conversation with itself. How do we, as a society, honor people like Dadubiko in terms of correcting the obvious wrongs about our society? Well, I do think that the first thing to honor Steve Biko would be to understand, in a very deep sense, their work and the meaning of it in our lives today because they were relevant in the 70s, in the late 60s, and their message is even more relevant now. And secondly, we would then apply ourselves and understand how important the qualities of a leader and the vision of a leader is, especially in an era where sometimes deep thinking and sophisticated analysis of situation is often, uh, you know, replaced by either slogans or just officialdom in terms of what consultants produce and what leaders read. So that in itself, I think, is important. But even more important, the way of honoring Steve Biko is to capture the essence of his message and begin to practice it. That is the last frontier in our effort to transform the society is not the laws, because we have the Constitution, is not the systems, because we have the systems, the government systems, and so forth. We ought to be asking ourselves the question, why wrong things still continue when we have such good systems? It is precisely because we forgot Bigo's message that it is our consciousness, it is our mindset, which is most important tool, which makes us agents of change.
rather than objects of change. And that message is relevant to those who may have a false sense of superiority and those mm-hmm. who may have a false sense of inferiority. Let's take calls for those who care. 891 resident analyst Dr. Somadota Figeni, no stranger to these sorts of dialogues. Please keep him engaged. Jed Saga, SACP and the ANC, specifically in Zimande and Tito Mboweni, going at each other in relation to the economic recovery thereof and the measures to be implemented. You're anticipating the president to speak this week. What will it be? Are we going up? Are we staying where we are? Or are we going down a notch and therefore opening up even more than he has to date? Colonial statues, what do we do with them? And how do we continue to honor the name? Bantu SB, or 43 years after his brutal death in a detention. If you're giving us a call, you've got 1 minute 30 to speak. The timer will be on. Good evening, Anonymous. KZN. Good evening. Is it the open line? Say what I like. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. The time is on. I just want to talk about the news uh, that I've uh, heard that uh, the EFF uh, declined to go to court uh, because of the COVID-19 on level two, but it's okay for every other person uh, to go to court on level two. COVID-19, uh, that they uh, don't want the virus to get into the, uh, to the EFF leader. And but he's a very, very special person compared to all the other people's lives. The Mrs. Kate Kaba went to court and her life was not at risk. And every other person that goes to court, their life is not at risk. Only the EFF leader's life is at risk. So special. Very, very special. And I want to say that, you know what, nobody will take the place of the... Uh, if you have malpractice in your life, nobody will ever take the place of their predecessors. Because their predecessors were totally different in the way of thinking, in the way the current people, in the way the current people think. So I don't know where we're heading for right now. Thank you so much. Very well. Thank you so much, Anonymous, calling us in KZN. Slight correction that the EFF did go to court. It's just that they were lamenting the fact that they went to court and actual proceedings didn't take place in that there wasn't a trial. I think it was a postponement, if I heard Malema correctly. But the point is, he was just lamenting the fact that they are required to go to court, even though their presence is not particularly necessary. Slight correction. Thanks, nonetheless, for participating. Scully in Durban, good evening. Thanks for calling. Good evening to you, Sengezo. Thank you for taking my call. Sengezo, my input is you have the best uh, summer day of Fikini in business day, you know, business in mm-hmm. this line, I mean, you know, analyzing and so on. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, congratulations to him, you know, he, he's the best in the business. Um, um, I just want to know if there is statues or ongoing or whatever for people like Steve Biko, Bantu Steve Biko, and so on, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, now that we're removing the other structures, please, thank you. Good show. Thank you very much, Scully. Appreciate it. Indeed, you too. Have a good evening. There sure are statues in the honor of Dadu Bigo, but I'm sure Dr. Figeni will elaborate on those, particularly in the East London King Williamstown stroke Ginsburg region. Yes? Indeed, we do have a very, uh, you know, uh, impressive. Steve Bigo Center in Ginsburg, where he was born. And it is actually a model for the rest of the country because instead of it being a museum in some corner out there, it was weaved with community work, with community activities. It became a community center where the people are coming to study 
or they are showing up uh, to have meetings or they are engaged in other activities, workshops, training. It is where many things are happening around King Williamstown. And uh, the reason you find other alienated museums vandalized is because they are distant from the people's daily lives. So that in itself is there. With the statues, there's one in East London, but uh, at a close look, I don't think it looks exactly like him, but it was quite an effort. (laughs) (laughs) There's also the Steve Beagle Bridge um, on your way to the East London Airport as you leave town as well. So let's talk about the institution that now Beagle is, specifically paying homage to Mamunonzigelelo Beagle and their respective children in Gosinati and Samora, because they must be credited to the extent that they have. 43 years after he has passed away, a man of 30 years of age only, his sons would hardly have known him, in keeping alive the memory of Datubiko. Without any doubt, if you analyze in the main, most of the leaders, their memory is kept alive when families are united, and when families take the lead in creating a foundation and they participate quite actively. And uh, if they fail to do so, even the most prominent of people, even when there are resources, it tends to fade away. More so when you consider the fate of black consciousness organizations like Azapo and the splinter groups that broke away from it, that they sort of faded away as a political force. So it was left to the family to do the work. And that they've done it so very well to keep uh, Steve Bigo's memory not only there, but growing uh, in stature over the years. Fantastic. Let's take a couple of calls, Tango, in Peter Marisburg and Colin in Cape Town. Good evening, Tango. So how are you, my brother? Well, sir, how are you? Sure, sure. I just want to bring this thing up about Julius Malema. You know, I'm just thinking that at the time when uh, they were mishandling that uh, that, that newspaper reporter, uh, when they were visiting outside clicks and so on, that time there was no coronavirus. So when he decides to do what he wants to do, he does it. And at the end of the day, I just think those that follow him have that same mindset of that superiority. That's my... My, my take about him. And um, uh, the, the, the lockdown, uh, one that we're supposed to go uh, to, I think, this, this month, uh, was uh, postponed by um, uh, the, um, what's this lady's name now? Jacob um, uh, Zuma's wife. Yeah. And, and I, I'm trying to understand who is in authority. Because every time she has to say something, it, it goes by. So who's in very in authority? Is our state president or is she? Because I last heard she said that uh, we're going to go to the 14th of October or something. Or, yeah. So I Fair don't already what's we going anticipate. on. We'll anticipate what the president to say. Thank you so much for calling, Tango, in Peter Marisburg. Colin in Cape Town, good evening. Good evening, Sigurdsson, and good evening to your guest. Mm. You know, it's so good nice evening. listening to you about Steve Pico, Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu, Katrana Foundation, and all this. We'll hear it again in another 10, 20 years' time. But I would like to ask your guests, is it worthwhile talking about 
those icons, which I call icons, when nobody is leading to them for the good work they've done, our own government, nobody in our government ever talks about it. The only time uh, our president says our condolence if one of them... Now, Bisu just died the other day. It's the first time you heard the ANC or the EFF or any political party talk about the old great icon is when he passed away. You know, to me, I'm sick and tired of hearing about those who have passed away and were icons and I actually, I look up to. But at prison, Sergeso, at mm. prison, our own president, our own government is not taking notice of it. And your guest at the, uh, uh, speaking now, in about 10, 20 years' time, he's passed on. Who is going to tell us that story? You know what I mean, Sergeso? Got you. Thank you so much. He's going to respond in terms of how do we keep the memory alive and yet create new heroes and have conversations that are relevant to these times. Colin in Cape Town, thank you so much for your time. Sakila in Durban, good evening. Sakila in Durban, good evening. Let's just respond to Colin in relation to the conversations we are having about our heroes. When is it time to have new conversations or how do we embrace the work of the heroes? Not so much just speak about them, but actually make practical their wisdom so as to better the environment of today. Well, I do think that, in my view, one of the ways of memorializing, uh, you know, and uh, commemorating these leaders is how we infuse their teachings into our everyday lives, into our ethical training, into our school systems, into our media, so that their message becomes a dominant factor that becomes an ethos of our society. But also, it would be a mistake to think that our society was made by politicians alone, which is another flaw that we have. You had scholars, you had scientists, you had some of the people who fought against dispossession. You also have people who came up with great inventions. You had humanitarians. We should take the sum total of these experiences of people who made the country what it is and infuse it into our lives and learn what made them what they became and legacy impacting people. That in itself to me, I think would be very important. Of course, we should also be uh, sensitive of diversity. We often talk when we talk of Robben Island, for example, of the Malcomas, of the Mandelas, and yet you had the Hoi Hoi leaders uh, like uh, Davi who were there even before, uh, you know, some of these leaders and some of the people who had earliest exchanges with the colonial forces were the hoy. So if we can highlight those contributions, 
it would be very important. For example, the fact that in our in this Heritage Month, that the click sounds that you hear in Kosa, Zulu, or even some Sutu languages are actually the Sun people, Abatwa. And mm. uh, that contribution and that acknowledgement would go a long way to deal with the emotional debt and the sense of neglect mm. that other people feel. You're right on that. In fact, I, I just want to add to that. The word, which means in Isikosa, doctor, is taken mm. exactly from one of the Koyan sand languages with the same meaning. And this I learned around about this time last year, doing a similar broadcast on heritage in the Northern Cape. So thank you for that reminder. I think the emotional debt is especially useful to a dying community, dying because their language is not nearly as recognized and it's quite easily the oldest here in South Africa. Sakila is back. Good evening, Sakila. Hey, how are you? Hola, hola. Yes, yes, I hear you, you probably say that uh, Joe Biden. No, I was just trying to pull a Donald Trump. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is a revolutionary. He was arrested allegedly <laughs> to try and kick him at their life. And they anyway. did a fact check and then it caught up with him. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the optimism that one day, you know, one day you might find a good leader. I, I, I think it, it's, it's out of reach with the reality. Now, the reality is when you go to have a democracy, you must build institutions to protect citizens from, just in case we have bad politicians. That's what we should be focusing on, building institutions that are capable enough to stop people from, from going off the rails, from going off the script of what they are supposed to do. I have this, okay, this argument that we had institutions, you know, and they were destabilized in the past nine years. And I'm saying, if they can be destabilized those institutions, which means they were not strong enough to begin with. We don't have institutions. Mm. Unless we, as long as we don't have institutions in a democracy under capitalism, politicians can be bought. This is, this is a new system now. Politicians can be bought and the market institutions to protect citizens from there. Thank you, Sandy. Absolutely true. We're going to return to this question of institutions because Dr. Figeni did allude to it earlier on, and I had a question. I'm going to tie it up to the point that Sakila has just made. Final call on this particular issue and segment in Durban again. Mike. Hello, good evening, Tungisa and your guests and all the listeners. I'm reporting from Durban, Durban's wrecked and polluted beachfront. Right, Corona-19. I want to get something straight to this. The woman that was handled, manhandled, or touched by one or more people down in the Cape. There's a big hoo-ha going on. We had, I listened from five o'clock this morning to the talk shows. No one has come up with the answer. If you listen to Cyril Ramaphosa's speeches, he has said no touching, no going near anyone. Right. Whoever did that must be charged under the uh, lockdown regulations. Do you get me? I do get you, but I don't even think it has to be that creative. If you are touched inappropriately, it's either assault or indecent sexual assault, one of the two. I mean, if one is touched inappropriately, those are just the low-hanging fruits, and those are just common law crimes. Let's move on there. Thank you so much for that reminder, Mike in Durban. Sakila raises an important issue that you talked to earlier on, Dr. Figeni. You said we have good institutions. Surely institutions are as good 
as the people who mend them. No amount of paper or policy or, for that matter, legislation can bring about a great institution. It's the people who are tasked with their running who have a fidelity to their paper policy and legislation that creates good institutions. Without any doubt, let me give you some examples. Our constitution is considered to be one of the best in the world. Our governance framework, like King 1, King 2, King 3, King 4, and, uh, you know, uh, PFMAs are regarded as some of the best. But still, people are stealing. People are still abusing rights because we have not worked on their consciousness to unlearn things which are bad and relearn new things. We have allowed the deployment of people in the name of political connection when they barely have any skill, uh, you know, to occupy and lead those positions. Imagine if you take a person without qualifications, without skills, without competence, to say, head this particular institution. The first thing Mm. out of their insecurity are going to terrorize any professional and hound them out. And what you'll be left with is a patronage system. So corruption has had a hand, political deployment has had a hand in weakening institutions and elevating the strong men within each institution. There was a time we didn't care who was the CEO of ESCOM because electricity was running, their procurement and things were going. We didn't know who was the CEO of SABC, CEO of different state-owned companies. But once institutions are collapsed and people can override the rules, then you go to the network of friends who will do things around the law instead of according to the law. That's how institutions die. And you need strong leaders to reintroduce institutions and also insistence on competence rather than knowing who is inside the institution. I got your final contributions now. Namisi Robson, Mbalente in Bumalanga. Good evening, SM. Either the president speaks or not. It was a planned mission. The poorer remain poorer and the rich will remain rich. Another contribution, and I'm going to ask you to reply to this, please, doctor. This is from Chapter 2, a regular listener. Good evening to you and your guest. The quality and value of politics in our country is highly questionable, as in most cases, it's misaligned to our constitutional laws. How do we fix that? And perhaps I want to add to that question. This constitution that is lauded the world over, Is it not important and only important that it functions for the people of South Africa more than it is to be lauded outside South Africa? What good does that do to have a constitution that is celebrated and yet for the people to whom it applies, it doesn't do what at least the people think it should do? Well, I do think that there are two ways of approaching that. It might as well be that you have a good car and a bad driver. Therefore, the bad driver won't even put lights on when it is at night. They won't even put wipers when it is raining. They may end up in an accident. So it is quite plausible that constitution itself might be good, but the application of it and the lack of political will to apply it as it is 
is not there. But the other one might be a structural problem. How the Constitution is written is written in an either-or situation. Take land. It protects property right, but at the same time talks of redress. So if those with property are strong enough to lobby and the institutional arrangement allows them to do so, they will prevail so there will be no transfer of wealth. If those who want wealth and transformation have the political will to actually insist, then you will have that. Take some of the simple issues. How can you account for a fact that 26 years on, we were still not sure of where the land is, who does it belong to, which one is in government hands, which one is where. That is lack of political will. So sometimes we may blame the Constitution when, in essence, we could have done so much within the framework of the Constitution until we have tested it to the end and say now it cannot do more, therefore it needs to be revisited. Very well. Final comment, yes or no? Is it your suggestion that we need to change the driver of this vehicle? Of course, we need to change the driver of the vehicle or we need to Very train well. and retrain the driver of the vehicle. There are two things. Build the capacity. Whether you build the capacity of the same driver, but you'll have to make the same driver unlearn old habits because as Samuel Johnson says, chains of habit are too weak to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. Thank you very much, Dr. Figeni. Certainly do appreciate your time. And I do know one thing is you do not learn on the road on your own with passengers on. If you're going to be learning how to drive, you get off the road, do that, and let others who are fully licensed and capable to do so. Read into that what you will, not my words. Dr. Figeni has been our resident guest. After the break, we're talking people, we're talking color, colored people. Ms. Maxina Beskett, content producer at News24.